I bring you a message from the intergalactic I know you don't have time to talk to your plants. So I'm going to talk to them for you. You can go on about your business. Whether that's to class, or the office, or fixing dinner, or making love. Don't worry. They'll that's right. We have begin. come from beyond the stars. We have come from beyond the stars. <laughs> We're holding it in our hands. This is facts. We have come stars beyond. Um, yeah, and we have come today to bring you uh, news of the price of frozen pizza, and modulations, and vaccination rates. Uh, really, we have come to stare at the incoming wall of static that will annihilate all meaning in the universe. It's it's not static. It's beautiful, delicious noise. Visual noise. Complete entropy. Perfect white noise that will You'll... just render all things meaningless and perfectly spaced. No, meaningful. They'll all be exactly where they go. Every pixel in its place. No patterns. Just exact uh just exact organization of all information so that it no longer has to move from anywhere to anywhere else so we've come to talk about apocalypse and its emotional presence in our mm. psychic geography there we go um it's coming nobody knows what it is but it's coming and it's here it's yeah. not here yet it's gonna come here maybe we're fighting <laughs> holy uh, shit it's gonna come <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. Oh, well, might as well just jump right into it. Like, on a physical level, we're all very anxious. and uh, But on a physical level, we're also increasingly homeless. And uh, on a physical level, we're increasingly running away from forest fires and hurricanes and war. And, and the homeless. Uh, which, a lot of people in San Francisco are running away from the homeless. And increasingly, we are also running away from people who are running away from hurricanes, forest fires, and war. Including class war, which produces even more homeless and the whole... There's this whole process by which uh, we all wind up homeless and there's no fucking couch to sleep on anymore. And uh, at that point, who the fuck knows? Uh, yeah, that's a fucking interesting process that's happening in the physical world, but it's mirrored and kind of caused by a process in the, like the psychic realm, in the popular unconscious, if there is one or whatever. I don't know how to talk about this shit without sounding right. completely fucking jacked. We need to clarify right here that this yeah. is an anti-theory podcast. We're not yeah. we're not doing college at you right now. If you were worried that we were about to go into some college shit because of psychic geography, don't no. worry. We don't even know what, they, no. what that means. Listen, listen. When I say psychic geography, I mean the puddle of human subconscious dreams that lives on the far side of the fucking moon that has like a fucking hangover or like a migraine or something because shit's <laughs> fucked up right now and everybody's losing their goddamn minds. That's right. <laughs> That's right. The placenta of humankind is about to break. Yeah. Yeah. And then what? When well, I mean, 
I mean, when people flee fucking uh, Syria or Sud- like when people flee the Middle East and North Africa, uh, they're met with extreme hostility because people don't want to acknowledge that that's what's coming for Europe. Not the people, the desert. The mm-hmm. desert is coming for Europe. Mm-hmm. The desert and the sea are going to swallow Europe. It has nothing to do with what fucking religion people are coming fleeing from, you know? Uh, they're fleeing they look- from the desert. They're easy to target because it's, or it's easy. I mean, just in as in America, it's easy to target people who appear to be coming from the south, as it is in Europe, because they look different. They have different culture that they brought with them. But that's not the thing that people are really worried about. Like having, it seems to me like some sort of contagion. Is that what you're getting at? Like these people have the desert on them, and if they touch you, then you, the desert will come to you. Right. Then you have to acknowledge the reality that you are producing the desert that Europe makes the desert now. Mm. The United States makes the desert, you know, like the putting CO2 in the air makes desert and the desert encroaches and people flee the desert and people think that the people fleeing the desert caused the desert and they don't want to think that they have done this. And so they uh, cause more fucking problems in war and put more CO2 in the fucking air and the desert expands and the wave of human fucking refugees expands further fucking north and at some point people start trying to fucking attack the wave itself and uh the wave attacks them back i guess at some point that's gonna fucking happen and um anyway eventually everyone's fucking homeless and the desert is everywhere and you just have to learn to live in the desert this is like the plot what of could the be happening Dune with paul dune what could be happening is people could be learning to live in the desert now People could be actually getting fucking help and funding to figure out how Fight to make livable places in this yeah. rapidly advancing new fucking territory. To build green. But things. what's happening instead is, yeah, like, like there were already walls up before that, and like the imperial center already wanted those people to die. Like, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, like I'm talking a lot, but uh, capitalism and stuff, bro. Uh, no, well, specifically. Hey. The neoliberal project with the whole biopolitics and necropolitics thing, uh, the necro, it's, it's the necropolitical domain where the desert is expanding and it's encroaching on biopolitics. And that's why people refuse. That is the line that is being pushed north. The place where people are allowed to die, that territory must expand because people are going to die no matter what. It's actually, it's a larger system than the biopolitical system. And it already has been there. It already was there, like, you know, wrapped around the equator of the planet. But the yeah, but now it's because it's encroaching physically. People are like having to reckon reckon with the consequences of their decisions in the recent past and the present. Yeah. But that being said, that there is like a physical death and extinction that is political now. Like there is a politics of extinction now. And that makes for a really interesting cultural landscape. really interesting like process by which everyone in covid land sits alone in their fucking room and thinks about extinction make a terrain of dreaming a terrain of uh despair and like slow crushing anxiety that seems to be increasingly global and leading to something like you when you have anxiety you're sensing a presence of something and uh, i do believe like that i don't know i don't you know have these old beliefs anxiety you have these old beliefs like they're destroyed by the new reality and then you have the ability to set a new range of beliefs but a lot of people i think their beliefs are destroyed 
before they realize it, and they walk around with this feeling like there's a lens over everything, you know? Like when people talk about depression, you know? And people respond to stress in different ways. Some people get really fucking catty. Some people start bitching at everybody about the dishes in the sink, even though there's no dishes in the sink. Maybe you're just yelling at your cat, you know, like that kind of shit is definitely one way to deal with it. Another way to deal with it is to say that it's not fucking happening mm -hmm. and start drinking a lot. And another way to deal with it is to just completely lock yourself in your fucking room and go to fucking outer space in your own head. And well, I like that one. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I, that's my preferred mode. Um, that's <laughs> we're doing all right on that. We've convinced a lot of other people that we're in space. For that yeah. So I guess I, I'm making the theory that like, in the same way that people flee the desert, people are fleeing the anxiety. People are fleeing whatever the fuck is coming. This like, this knowledge of near extinction, like proximity to death, of not just your death but your world of death, is just constantly thrown in your face all the time, and you have to constantly dodge it and not think about it to have some sort of continuum of human experience. So these beliefs are knocked loose, and then that loose belief makes people do crazy shit, which destabilizes shit further, which knocks loose more belief, and you wind up in the same way, like people have wars in the physical space, they have fucking wars and messianic movements. When you have some amount of free belief, it's people are gonna start congealing around shit and you get this critical mass that people mm -hmm. are just gonna all drastically move and start moving in one direction. They're gonna sort of like a spiritual stampede or something. Um, okay, the, let me let me contrast this with something that you know I love to talk about. Um, the culture of the culture of cancels. Cancels, they're like incels, but worse. No, can, canceling, the whole concept of people canceling each other and, uh, and or of reputation destroying somebody. Like, it's like, oh, we caught him with his hand down his pants. Now he's destroyed. No one can take him seriously. It's like, man, everybody has his hand down his pants today, at least once a day. Um, the point being, there's this element of contagion, and we're living in this time of viral metaphors. Like, even before the pandemic, everybody was trying to go viral, but you don't want to go viral too much because then you're going to have an immune reaction from the society, be canceled, be like isolated uh, within the body of society. So, so we're living in this this time of contagion and people see people see the cancel cancellation coming for them. They see it touching their friends and loved ones and it's this this like um, counterpoint to the literal like necropolitics of extinction where it's like, "Oh, you've personally just become extinct." Uh, or like your friends have become extinct or like your city has become extinct or like you have just seen someone whose city became extinct and now they're here and you don't know what to do about it because the extinction is on them. Well, in the same way. Yeah, it's not an extinction that's like you that you're canceled. rendered meaningless, right? Like, it's what, it, like, no matter what you say, you're always going to be the guy that fucked a sheep. Yeah, exactly. Your, your, uh, your like personal contingencies are overridden by the, by the contagion, by the, by the cooties. We're talking about cooties here. Right? Yeah, they're not going to call you neoliberalism the bridge builder. Neoliberalism, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neo, the baby saver. The global economy producer. Neoliberalism, the, food the, the food expander. <laughs> neoliberalism, yeah. the paperclip optimizer. No. Yeah. Neoliberalism, the sheep fucker. Yeah, the, the every 50 years climate disaster famine producer. The, you know, the, the viral outbreak facilitator. <laughs> the baby seal plumber. <laughs> <laughs> the deer hunter. 
<laughs> Man, the dog tamer. Lowest form of existence. Lowest form of existence. Uh, so, yeah, well, yeah, everybody gets judged by their contagion to things. But I was reading recently about signaling, you know, and how people, like, one perspective is that everything everybody does is less about the literal thing that it is and more about the signal that it sends and how it amplifies their signal or differentiates it among other signals. And that's specifically like much more relevant in a world where everybody's sitting in their house and all we're doing is like mushing our dream spaces together on the internet. Mm -hmm. So everybody's living in a world where you could suddenly be, be infected with being canceled. You are also watching the like the fucking wall of sand from the mummy is just like tearing across the countryside towards you and you're just watching it and waiting and it's like dang i wonder if we're going to be allowed to go back to parties before the wall of sand hits or not yeah and you lose the, your uh, mind your connection the to reality implies like a really specific cultural mode that like keeps making me think of the other words i'm trying to like it, it makes me want two or three other words like terms like uh like to be alienated like the you know the, the other 40 50 year old woman whose kids have moved out and is working at Walmart and living alone in a double wide in Missouri or fucking, you know, like just out people who are living alone right now, who don't have a lot of people around. Uh, when you talk about it in terms of cancellation, it's like they, you don't got to fuck a sheep to be totally alone right now and know that you're alone and watch the fucking wall coming. And like, um, I feel like that's actually some huge fraction of the population is like dealing with this by themselves and uh that's right there's a lady that used to come into my store and talk to me all the time because she was new in town and she's old in general don't have a don't have anything really going on in her life and i like got angry with her one time we were talking about politics and i was like look you are the boomers you she's like we we marched against stuff i'm like so like do you, looking back do you think that worked and why did you walk around it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you marched right over the problem and right into the brunch. She, <laughs> you were like right li there. Living off a tiny trust fund from her, from her, I don't think she listens to the pod, so we're okay. She's living off a tiny trust fund from her husband who died. She's just like, like spending a little bit of money on books here and there and fucking the rest of the time. Just, I don't know. And she's, and she used to be. Like overly optimistic that I wanted to talk to her about whatever was going on in her life. And since I started, since things started reopening and I seen her again, she does not want to talk at all. She's just looking down at the pavement. She's just buying like cheap paperback fucking, I mean, she always just bought cheap paperback mysteries, but, but she's just like, seems totally beaten down and isolated. And I don't know how to break through that because I don't really want to talk to her for a long time. I don't want to be her therapist, but like there's a ton of people, you're right, that are just like disabled or retired or fucking at work every day and have no community or their needs, which it's neat to be neat, but it's it's fun to be young, not involved with education, employment or training. Uh, but it also feels like no future, right? Like just the, the gray wall, the wall of, of television tuned to a dead channel is just like moving closer and it's like dang what's on the other side of the veil nobody's ever come back to tell me yeah so what are we gonna do about it yeah at least we're on a train oh you know what yeah we're on a space train first of all <laughs> this is not a sad in case anyone will confuse for a second this is not a satire this is not like fucking a news 
thing. We're just on a space train passing by Earth, commenting from the peanut gallery. The Intergalactic Railroad arrives from the future. The Intergalactic Railroad is what's arriving from the future. And, you've and it's going to be sexy as fuck. It's running late. It's always running late. Yeah. We'll take you back to the mothership in no time flat. Everybody wants to Actually, go to Actually, wait. Edit that out. We're going to take you back to the mothership in all time uh, with contours and three-dimensional territories. Curvy time. Thick time. We're going to give you some fucking curvy time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's okay. That's the yeah. first thing I want to tell you guys. I've been on the other side of the gray wall of static, and everything's cool. It's fine. It's going to be fine. And you know how I know? Yeah. Because in the past, in Because the past none of you history, make it through to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good for us. <laughs> Just living in Antarctica, building a space train that whizzes around on a big old Hot Wheels track until it takes off into the air. And, uh, waiting for everybody else to die so we can go uh, have a, have meet up at the the grill party at the Georgia Guidestones at the end of the world no we're not we're not extinctionists yeah we're, that's, we're just that's joking. It's, this is the joke we would prefer that no one dies ever unless they want to unless they want to and all dead people be given the option to be brought back like just pick turned on again and then be like hey did you want to be alive and if they don't then just kill them again well then you just live in an infinity of being like hey what's up buddy <laughs> uh but, uh, well, anyway, <laughs> the physical ramifications of all that. Uh, aside, we have to, we have to do, we have. Uh, so I, one day the moon explodes, right? And um, there's this book. It's called Seven Eves. Seven Eves is Seven Eves spelled backwards. It's very important because Neil Stevenson's so fucking deep. He's, he's, uh, he's very smart. He's not an idiot. He's a little bit. He's not deep. He's, he's very smart. He's not deep. He's broad. Uh, he's also very tall. So. Anyway. One of the things I enjoyed most about the book was how fucking petty he was about the, making these physical manifestations of different ideologies <laughs> that he wanted to poke holes in, and physically poking holes in them by making these ideologies uh, space camps. space habitats. Yeah. That if you poke holes in them, they die. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the various territories, uh, the various strategies for surviving when people had to hurry the fuck up and get space camp done and put people in orbit because everyone on Earth was going to die because the moon fell on the Earth. Yada, yada, yada. Let's say extinction happens next year. At this pre-specified time, we got to put some people in space real quick because everything on Earth is going to die. One strategy was the swarm because the big ship could easily get hit by a little fragment and have a hole poked in it and then everybody's dead. So in response to this, people made the swarm, which is a bunch of small cans. In a bunch of, instead of having one big can, you had a whole bunch of small cans, and they talk to each other. But according to Neil Stevenson, if I remember correctly, this leads to uh, one part of the swarm of cans eating the people, eating the contents of the other part. Well, there was. Isn't that what happens? Yeah, there was there was problems because you couldn't trust the people in the other cans not to lie to you, and so you just had to kind of believe that they were doing what they said they were doing in their cans, and. Yeah. It wasn't that they had to eat each other, it's that they were like ended up eating themselves because they were all running out of food because everybody wasn't coordinating well enough in the cans. But he set it up with like mm. the cans don't have a physical coordination system as much as they just all like roll in a big clump so that if anything just hits the front, it just hits the people in front and not the people in the middle. And then they're uh -huh. not allowed to, to attach their cans because that would defeat his ideological point. So 
they're only allowed to talk to each other in their separate camps, which is basically what we're doing right now. Like what everybody's doing is just being like, hey, yeah. if, if we all clump up and just stay in your own can and don't get out of your can and don't share resources, then the, the, the plague will only hit the people in the front and they will die and the rest exactly. of us will be safe hiding behind the, their mass of their bodies. Just keep the migrant camp over there and then their wall of dead bodies will protect us from the onrushing desert. <laughs> uh, I gotta say, a, a very long, broad swale full of um, full of compost, compost, com, compostable material. Oh yeah, nitrogen-rich soil. Yeah, yeah. If you if you just made a if you made a, a mass oh, grave God. at the edge of the desert and filled it with bodies and then let them decompose, and then whenever the water poured into that, it would uh, it would grow a great amount of food for the remaining amount of people, logistically speaking. I don't know why I had to go I mean, into the, the ramifications of the physical ramifications of that, but that's because that's what we're doing here. We're not just metaphors. We're literally yeah. on a train. That seems to be the plan. That seems to be the, what right. they're going like, to do. To have a fucking use the bodies of the dead to compost the fucking desert. But honestly, they're probably going to fucking just like compost them up and sell it back to us as Impossible Burger. But, uh, the, yeah, I think there's a movie yeah. about that classic film called Snowpiercer. Yeah. So the Intergalactic Railroad arriving from the future is trying to get to Earth in time faster than this other shit that's arriving from the future, which is uh, a different kind of, st- the uh, the uh, the extinction event, the extinction wall, like the psychic wall that people put up against death and like the physical walls people try to put up against viewing death. The Intergalactic Railroad arrives from the future. We have to get there before the wall of extinction does. And what we have to get there with is something that you can get on to pass through the wall of extinction and reach the other side. That's the space train. And the space train takes you around the bend, forward, back in time, to go to the utopia that is possible in the future. And once you once you have accepted that the wall of extinction has already hit you, and that we are already passing beyond that, that this is what surviving it looks like, then you are on the railroad. And we have to start talking about where we are gonna drive this better, train. If you're gonna be on the railroad, you better be on the train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You don't just want to be on the tracks. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I think that's been enough for this year. Uh, we'll be back with you uh, in 2021 to talk about how many types of species have died and people have been lost from the coronavirus and the war, the civil war that everybody's so sure is going to happen. Dude, everybody is really excited about the civil war. And it, a, a fucking Trump parade just arrived from the future at my house. It just like drove down the street honking for something like half an hour. There weren't that many of them, but because they have not figured out how to run stoplights, they took a long time. And uh, they're all in cars, of course, because they don't believe in the coronavirus, but they do love cars. And it was fun. Yeah, I get, I flipped them off, they triggered the libs. I was pl- happy because I got to flip some Trumpers off. They were happy because they got to trigger me. Everybody was happy, it was a good time. None of my business. Yeah. That's the Civil War. It's just a bunch of people screaming at each other and waving flags and hoping that that will stop their enemies from just doing what they're absolutely going to do, which is destroy everything and ruin it because they have the contagion, the cooties of the other side, outgroup cooties. The whole idea of like two people just like starting off having like a reasonable conversation about how to model their society and it's slowly getting more and more heated as the room physically heats up. (laughs) <laughs> and it's filled with swarms 
blood sucking insects <laughs> and fucking shield like are going on. And they're just trying to focus on this fucking conversation they're having. They're just trying to finish <laughs> it up and get it done with finally. Yeah. Prove you right. Prove me right. Prove you wrong. And the and yeah. yeah, you're right. It's an ever escalating scenario and they're just like actually in a pot being boiled like frogs. Yeah. Uh, like, two muffins are sitting in the oven. When people talk about the Civil War, it's not like I don't think that anyone in their right mind is like there's going to be a civil war. It's like, it's completely fucking impossible to talk to anyone without screaming at them because everything is so insanely frustrating and this can't possibly work out well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people are already like shooting people in this country. So, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, we're there's going to be at, shooting. It might not be war. We're at a, well, there's already shooting. It is, it is already yeah. as war as it's, as it can, as it is going to get at. <laughs> Rather, if you define yeah. war as people shooting each other over ideological differences, we're already there. And if you define it as something much more, like, structured, then I don't think we're going to get to that. It's just going to be this Yeah, like, traditionally, problem. conflict is, like, theoretically grounded in, like, I want your stuff, or, like, you know, you yell at a different fucking statue that I do. Um, but I, I think it's maybe more accurate, like, even historically, to be like, it is too hot, we should kill someone. Yeah, <laughs> that that actually, I believe that shows in, in uh, like the murder statistics in Chicago and shit like that, right? Like it currently already is that way in yeah. the summer. And Chicago is also designed to make you angry and want to kill someone. Like there's there's a physical. Yeah, it's an incredibly part beautiful of that city. city. It's the brick and the sun and the way the 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 bricks fucking exude heat afterwards, and it's all muggy. It's genuinely and it's severe. And the whole city is sort of a sigil to interpersonal violence. But yeah, that's cool. I when mean, MLK came up to Chicago, somebody threw a brick in his head and he had to leave. I mean, it's bad, but it is good to observe that that is how it is. It is a cool. That's a cool take on it because that's how like that's like the the like geopolitics is also a sigil to interpersonal violence, right? There is actually physically a line around the the world that is like. Do not cross this line. You are in the desert and allowed to die. We are in the working place and are made to work and not allowed to die. Yeah. And that that line is getting redrawn right now. And there's a lot of free belief going around how it's going to be. But that amount of free belief is also an opportunity. If enough people don't believe anymore that like, you know, a uh, uh, hundred guys with like t- tuxedos and butt plugs should decide how the, all the money is spent. If enough people decide that and start like moving in a different way, the, the belief is freed up. So those institutions will dissolve as soon as people stop thinking that they're the only thing keeping us from being destroyed by extinction. Like once yeah. people see an alternative, uh, some sort of alternative vehicle which is collective and that they might hop on at one of certain stations they could ride on, some sort of transit to the future that is also coming from the future on a regular schedule that you can a pick sort of up. like open source public transit infrastructure of the spirit a, and the mind a time travel machine for traveling forward in time without being crushed by the intense winds of disaster and all expenses prepaid uh life support system included Seat? No, a sleeping car for every man, woman, and child in Zion. Uh, oh, terrifying. We're getting out ter- of the cattle cars That's into right. the sleeper cars. That's I'm getting in the up. dining car. I'll meet you in the car, car we're on now. Yeah, the train we're on now sucks ass. 
<laughs> this train is headed to the cliff. We would like to hit, do a trolley yeah, problem train here. Is not what train we want to be on. We want to be on the other train with the fancy ass fucking meals and the fucking entertainment system and the stuff to observe. If this, if you pull this switch, the train does not travel forward and kill ten billion people. It instead takes a left turn and raises all the dead and takes them all to space if they want to not stay dead to live forever. It goes directly. Go anywhere. To the stars. Live in a pulsing, loving light and free shit. Ladies and otherwise, the Intergalactic Railroad. I know you don't have time to talk to your friends. So I'm going to talk to them for you. Skateboarding down the off ramp, just drinking cran grape from the bottle. Fantastic. Hey, I already like, I already like that stuff. Yeah, you were into ocean ever since before. It was cool. Don't say the. Did you know ocean today's brand? Ocean stock price doubled, literally doubled after the TikTok meme went with their yeah. thing. Literally doubled from six dollars per share to car or something. They made like. Yeah, they bought him a truck, but they made... They probably made, like, a couple trillions of dollars. No, but yeah. Due to truck. They bought, you know, <laughs> hundreds of millions, probably. Hey, it's a nice truck. All right, I gotta operate the hatch. Excuse me. Well, he's operating the hatch. I'm gonna talk to you, dear. So, we left you off with the intergalactic railroad arriving from the future to carry you through the wall of fucking static noise that is incoming from the desert that will be Earth. So... To carry forward, I think we gotta get a couple of things straight in that in normal times, shit doesn't arrive from the future. 
normal time shit arrives from the past. You move through life from the past to the future, you never get there. But on the way, you get hit by fucking photons from the sun, and the sun that you look at is eight minutes old. The light, of course, is current. The sun is from the past. It's out of date. Everything's a little bit out of date, lagging behind the present moment. As you push forward to the future, you sort of break through this wall constantly of uh, old, out-of-date nonsense. I would venture to say this is a a Mike-centric viewpoint. You think that the sun is out of date because the sunlight has just reached your eye that is from eight minutes ago by sun time. But what if it is actually the sun who is awake and you are stumbling around in a fog of darkness until its light reaches you and therefore the sun is actually eight minutes ahead of you. You are eight minutes behind on catching information from the sun. Mm. Mm. Well, folks, the future is that's arriving. the sort of distinction that we need to be making in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> the future is arriving from the future. Like yeah. So, All right. So, well, this is my bailiwick. So, gotta go. My, I'm as a, as the official uh, time traveling operative here. Uh, I don't travel in space, only in time. I never go anywhere. Yeah, I'm the space I just sit here and wait. The time That's right. We correspond. We correspond. We we correlate also through the, <laughs> in the space-time continuum. But I I gotta say, things arriving from the future. You're saying normally th- in normal times things don't arrive from the future, but I would like to call that normie time, which is to say a normative viewpoint of time in which the past causes the present and the present causes the future. Now, I don't know anything about physics. Um, if any of our listeners want to you know, send uh, long messages to correct me about anything that I have to say here, please send them to Mike. But it seems to me that we can't predict the past because there are too many possible things that could have happened in it that could have created the now, the moment now. And like multiple different explanations are available for how we got here that are causally incompatible. But the future has a direct effect upon the present. We think about what might happen. And in fact, the past also, by not really existing and only existing in your mind as a construct of your memories and your imagination, it's the past and the future are kind of the same. They're outside and then there's the present, which is inside. And like whether or not, like we expect the sun to grow and expand over time. So far, the sun has grown and expanded over time. Um, but the direct relationship of those two things happening, for, if you look at it from an outside point of view, could be said to be teleological, like this is what suns do, this is what, what they are here for. Or it could be said to be yeah. like deterministic, like this is what happens when you start a sun, as eventually it turns into this, or it, like degrades into this. So the idea of things about to get into what? chicken territory, or his turkeys or whatever, three-body problem. No, I don't remember that. What do you mean? Every day at nine o'clock, the farmer feeds the turkeys, and then one famously intelligent turkey is like, "Tomorrow at nine o'clock, the farmer will feed us." All the other turkeys are like, "Are you sure?" The turkey's like, "I'll bet you anything." Tomorrow at nine o'clock, that farmer's gonna feed us, and the next day was Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. The problem of induction from past events, and the fact that we just don't have that much data. Like overall, we have like not very much data about how things have been in the past and how they could have been differently. Like we don't have the counterfactual, and that means the uh, sorry, the winds of time are blowing in thickly today. Ugh, I can feel causality happening in the world. Okay, so things arrive from the future. On November third, something will happen in the USA, and nobody knows what that is. 
but everybody is expecting it. Like you can't see past it. It's a fucking. It's blocked off by the Spacers Guild as uh, a crucial territory, not to be fucked with. But mm. no one membrane. knows. What, there's a membrane right there. The end. The sun it, will come up the next day. The sun will come up on November fourth, just as likely as on November second. Will I right. want to get out of bed? Who knows? <laughs> types of information through and types that don't that's right so so that's something that is arriving from the future and everybody has been freaking out about it for the last two years in america like before there was ever a pandemic everyone was like what's going to happen with the election and the election is like some kind of terrible monster that is like or you know it's the it's the dust cloud from the mummy it's coming it's the fucking yeah it's the oncoming storm so to speak don't ban us from from the internet for using that phrase but it's this idea of something yeah what's that from why would you think you'd be banned for it um it's it's a it's like a q term we didn't say don't ban me for that either that's just a letter no actually that's why i was wondering about that because they totally fucking stole that shit from fucking haymarket man when the dude was like we are birds of the coming storm that's just that's just some badass shit to say yeah that's true (laughs) i mean like well that's the thing like storms come from the future you see them coming. Yeah. You're yeah, like, yeah. oh shit, there's a storm on the horizon. I see the future. It's right it's there. That's going to show up in my yeah, life. Yeah, and then Arthur and Pinnacle and the fucking, they're all like, oh shit, look, there's a storm. And you can all of a sudden hear the silence of the birds and they're all looking at you like, yeah, stupid. Mm-hmm. And you're and, and you see your neighbors, they're either getting in their cars and leaving because they perceive the oncoming storm to be too bad to survive, or they are doubling down and duct taping their windows shut because they perceive the oncoming storm as being not strong enough to defeat them and um so this the things coming things arriving from the future causing things to happen in the present everybody's like well we have an election scheduled so now i'm freaked out and i need to go on twitter and scream about it for two years and every single thing that arrives everybody's looking looking at cnn waiting for new things to arrive from the future and it's i'm in normie time things are perceived to be a consequence of uh, the things that happened in the past. And so in that mindset, you can just stack up things and expect things to in the future to work as they did in the past. However, the turkey. So yeah. what, we ha- what we have to be aware of when we are talking about things arriving from the future is that we are at the platform and we are waiting for a train. And trains arrive in, the, in different directions and you don't have to hop on them when they arrive. Sometimes you can just hunker down, wait for the oncoming train to pass. This metaphor is getting mixed up. But if you lay, if you lay between the tracks, in the future and sometimes it matters and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you can stand in the rain and get rained on <laughs> by lightning, and sometimes it's a fucking twister, yeah, or a forest fire or whatever. Yeah, that's correct. The intergalactic railroad yeah, is yeah. the oncoming storm. Not shit, shit happens. happens shit will happen. Shit will. Shit is coming. Shit will happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit happens that will have happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And the, the beginning of history. And the, and the first man. So, for for example, uh, I want to talk about the inevitability of this climate change shit. Because it's kind of scary and fucked up to deal with. But currently we're headed for two degrees warming at best. At best. We already pretty much are at one degree. Two degrees warming is like considered to be the breaking point for most of the like current ecosystems on the planet. And it's possible that we will go past that to like four degrees warming. And if we hit four degrees warming, it might cause a knock-on effect where clouds are no longer able to form in the sky at least not the big thick fluffy kind that keep the sun out and so then folks we're talking about things arriving from the future and whether or not we can punch them just to be clear (laughs) yeah yes exactly deep breath 
we're talking about extinction. Yeah. If the, if we get to four we're degrees on. warming and lose the clouds, we will probably get another eight degrees of warming on top of that. And these are in Celsius degrees, which are way bigger than American. And they're nearly twice as big. So we're talking about most places on Earth becoming uninhabitable. Human beings can't really live at uh, like above 55 degrees Celsius. And we're currently like at 50 degrees Celsius globally, I think. So five more degrees and we're fucked. And two more degrees is enough to destabilize so many things that everyone will be migrating, right? So that that is in the future. However, that was always in the future because that oil is from the past. I mean, we already burned all the oil. We already burned enough oil at this point to cause this to happen in the future. The oil was buried in the ground in the past. It was just waiting. At some point, some organism was going to figure out how to combust and metabolize all of that shit that was trapped in the earth, all that organic material that was like caked down into oil and coal. And it was just like, it was this potential reserve, this reservoir of potential energy that once it broke free into the surface, just started spewing into the sky because of it being useful in, the, in terms of energy concentration. So this, it, the, the climate collapse was always gonna happen at some point when some creatures did this too much. And we're actually lucky to, that we have figured out that it's happening at this point and that we have figured out other things that will help us to stop it from getting faster and mitigate it and then re-terraform the earth to a comfortable temperature. Because those things are also coming from the future inherently by virtue of this extinction and uh, like, like stability collapse coming from the future. We all see it coming. Nobody knows how it's going to roll out, but it is inherently going to cause it, uh, us to become more sustainable in the long run, even if it's by everybody dying. <laughs> As Kim Stanley Robinson puts it in his latest book, it will probably only take a few million years to uh, to reboot this amount of life on Earth, up to 20 million, 20 million. Yeah. A short time in the scheme of things. Mm -hmm. Where are you? So you've, tri you've drifted from. That's arriving from the future. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> and that's good, right? Something's happening. So responses to, yeah, at least we don't have Hillary Clinton as a president, I guess. <laughs> I mean, uh, you can, when the storm is coming, you can react to it, or you can just sit there and la la la. No, it's not. And at least we're pretty, right. at least we're acting like a storm is coming. Now. So, in terms of responses, though, um, identifying it and uh, like putting a timeline on it and making it real for people. Well, all of that is like various processes of making it real for people. Um, I don't think people can acknowledge it without. Like recycling doesn't help. The shit that you put in the recycling bin mostly just goes in landfills. They yep. just go in landfills in the third world. Fucking Actually, and driving an electric taking car, a lot of it. Fucking Sorry. yeah. Driving an electric car, trying to fucking save your energy resources and all this other shit. Like your personal responsibility or whatever, as far as your own personal consumption, is like. I don't know what sort of insane vanity you have to have to think that that actually makes a difference on the global scale. I'm not saying it's bad. It's nice to do. Um, but it's signaling. I also like animals. I'll still eat meat. But like um, the inability to do anything about, regardless of what you do in your personal life, you're still faced with this fucking oncoming wall of fucking sorrow. And not even, uh, I'm not even talking about, you know, like as this abstract thing, like comp utter loss of everything that is good. And th at best, the prospect of new shit that is good, that you've, you don't know. And um, the ability to do something in the direction of something that you think might be good to start building the world after that, not something that people have access to. 
And I think that's why we're rapidly accelerating to the point because people would rather go greet it, just get naked and fucking run at it. <laughs> not be able to do anything about it, you know? And just know that it's coming. Right, just see the storm broiling want... on the horizon, getting bigger and thicker, but not really here yet. Yeah, because we're faced with meaninglessness, like mm. not death, we're faced with annihilation. Everything we will have done would be meaningless. That's mm. what I mean like about uh, extinction, not death, extinction. The complete annihilation and rendered meaning, like the destruction of all meaning. And um, when faced with that, and you don't see a way through it, you can't handle it, so you go to it. You'd rather jump in. And um, I think that what we're doing as a species in like big chunks of the world and lots of policy decisions are being made with that in mind. And um, what's completely fucking lacking is any sort of anything else that seems to be the only thing coming from the future is death. And like, we could at least offer an alternative type of death, you know? Well, there is an alternative type of death on offer, which is being extinguished by machines and root. We'll, all of us being replaced with artificial neon people and uh, the the, consum the consumption of the planet continuing, but in a machinic process that doesn't care. We, we could birth well, a monster. That's an offer. That's, that's a thing that's on offer. Yeah, that's true. That's very much on the table. We're going to probably birth a monster anyway. I think fundamentally that's just how these things work out. Like well, whatever comes it, out after will be horrendous to the what came before. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We, we are the monster birthed by the previous uh, types of homo on the planet yeah yeah and now look at us there's <laughs> all, all these different types of homos all over the planet and they were like bisexuals don't exist bisexuals don't exist we are homo neanderthalensis <laughs> we are homo australiensis bisexuals don't exist and now the and ho homo sapiens arrives <laughs> <laughs> that's right showed up just kissing everybody <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mega sexual. Be careful. Do not uh, kiss everybody. You could get the Epstein Barr virus. Yeah. That's called the kissing disease. True. You get it from a kissing bug. Um, hope. Yeah, what are you going to do about it? Hope and wholesome shit. No. Hope and wholesome shit. Unlikely. Mm. To what end? No, here's the thing. <laughs> where Where do you tell the people to pile the bodies, man? In the swale. In the swale, so... <laughs> Sorry, that's a callback. Oh, God. No, we're not. Yeah. To pile, we don't have to pile the bodies. Where do people, if all that's coming from the future is the promise of fucking dying, then the only thing you can promise people is that they won't be erased, and that then mm. all that you can offer them is that something they do will matter afterward. So, where do we pile the bodies? You know, where do we put that? Where do we put these lives that are gonna get wiped away? And uh, yeah, you're, you're right. Which. Which like our bodies? I'm yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah. Where where do we like stand in front of the, to battle the storm to create a big enough windbreak that the people behind us will survive? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I'm not even a person that's trying to have children, but I like other people's children just fine. They're cool. Children are fun. I mean, I I don't like being around them that much. They're kind of annoying, but I like the idea that they'll grow up into new people. And like, I'm not trying to be do it do a children are the future here, but having some fucking like. Having some fucking discipline and uh, meaning in your life because you're trying to build for future generations something that is worth them remembering or existing for seems to actually be a worthwhile uh, piece of hope because it is possible to create to create a future that is not entirely death and it doesn't even require that much of a change in your previous lifestyle. Well, it depends how stupid your lifestyle was before, but it probably is not going to be that unpleasant, especially compared to the alternative. So. 
So we gotta plant, we gotta raise a flag for people of the future. Like the humanity arrives from the future. Humanity does not arrive from the past. That's the past is where monkey shit is. If you if you travel backward in time, you watch all the people like convert to a state of grace and just live among nature eating bugs, and uh, then they like everybody you know, becomes babies. Yeah, they all become babies and they become apes. They, call and they lose their disgusting the hair bubble. and become dolphins or whatever. And can goes back in the plane and the plane goes back to the fucking airport and they disassemble all of it and put it back in the ground. Yes, that's beautiful. And that's not what's happening. What's happening is that the, the other thing is arriving from the future, a more complex state, a more entropic state, a state with more information in it that is all willy-nilly and not simplified, not concentrated, but dispersed and confused. And so, so we gotta, we have to create a flag for people of the future, not just for people that currently identify as anarchists or transhumanists or biocosmists or immortalists or rationalists or accelerationists or communists or space communists or gay communists or gay spacers. Or like, just like generally cool. We, uh, yeah, people that identify as, as being a lot cooler if you did, or people that identify <laughs> as being gamers, but they're not allowed to say the word and like all those people all are people of the past those are all types of people in the past and people are looking to the past because that's the only place that you can look you can't see what's in the future very well but we have to know that there is like there's not hope for us our our era our generation the generations around it we are going to die in fire and plague and we're going to fucking suffer and we're going to migrate across the planet but it's not the first time anybody has done that and those people in the past that saw us coming started working you know isaac newton fucking lived through the fire of 1666 and the the fucking plague of the of that year and was like a gay guy in the fucking romance uh or enlightenment era uh like repressive catholic world and anglican world he's he was having a hard time is all i'm saying he fucking stuck a needle down his own eye just to see how his eye worked. He kept that's true. He, he kept that guy operating. Went hard. He went hard. He was like, you know what? This isn't going to be useful for like 150 years, but I'm going to come up with a theory of physics that explains everything. And every, everybody around him was like, I'm going to figure out how to fuck the Duke so that I can survive this pandemic, or like, I'm going to figure out how to get a sword so that I can kill that guy that killed my mom. But like. Many people were just trying to figure out which boot to eat on a given day, whether you should eat your good boot or wear your bad boots, eat your good boots, or wear your good boots, which you're going to have to eat later once yeah. they're bad. But the state of affairs in which your eating boot continues until Isaac Newton sticks something in his ball and changes. It continues through on that. No, his whole life he's not useful. His ideas are not useful at the time. They're not used until much later. He All he does is fucking write them down and be insane and like try to you know drink a lot of mercury and shit. He's not sure which ones are going to work, but... Apparently he yelled at people a lot, dude. Dude, me too! I think he's, like, famously fucking just, like, psychotically screaming at people. Maybe like, he towards was the deaf end, and you drinking ever, like, You ever read some of the shit that, like, you would say, like, him and uh, the other guy that invented calculus? Leibniz. Leibniz. After, Leibniz. Yeah, after 10,000 years of no calculus, both of these idiots invent calculus at the same time and get in a giant fucking fight about it. The shit they said <laughs> about each other was fucking hilarious. <laughs> right, and we needed that. We needed calculus. We wouldn't be here without it. You also wouldn't be able to do an atomic bomb without calculus. But like, they didn't know about any of that shit. They didn't know what was going to happen. They knew that they knew that the Enlightenment was arriving from the future, and that there's yeah. There's and that specific example shows that if 
you don't do it. Someone else is doing it because it's a weather system. It's not like fucking Isaac Newton is special. It's that Isaac That's Newton right. is the name put on this fucking relatively large group of people that could only exist at this time in this specific state of affairs. Right. So like he was he was the like front. two motherfuckers was, invented calculus at the same time. Yeah, it was just calculus time. It yeah, was time for calculus. The only reason they put fucking scientists and fucking academics in the academy is so that they know where the thing is going to happen. Because it's going <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah, it's like, where, where, is the, where is the intergalactic railroad arriving from the future? It's like, well, it's at this platform with these idiots. Like, you just have to go yeah, look there. Obviously. That's where it ends up. All these people around the world are sitting at this platform waiting for the fucking railroad to show up, and then one day it does, and then everybody around the world operates differently forevermore. And you, ha and you have to... It's not that you have to have faith in uh, the existence of something good coming in the future, coming from the future, is that you have to act every day like your behaviors are part of something that is coming from the future, that you, you have to summon it. Because lots of different things are coming from the future and you can, you, can, uh, you can just wait for them to roll over you. But you can also locate where you are when you get hit by the future, you know? And you can change the way that you hit that time approaches. If you if you batten down the hatches, that's diff that's different approach to the storm than if you go driving away from the storm, or if you set up a gigantic lightning rod and a large capacitor and profit from the storm. Or just fucking study the thing, yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, if you just hunch hunker down under a tree and be like, man, storms are fucking interesting. Things they arrive from the future. You're convinced. I'm glad. I feel like I've done my duty here today. I want, to I want to come at you with one more angle on this. The greys. Mm -hmm. The greys. The aliens. Let's talk about the greys. So, greys are aliens. Some motherfucker, some motherfucker with a PhD has been listening this whole time, and he's like, yeah, yeah, tell me about things arriving from the future. Tell me about psychogeography. Tell me about found art. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> the greys. Like, Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've never been visited by the greys. I have gone to the dentist, which is a mm -hmm. lot like being abducted by an alien. Um, Phenomenologically. Yeah. But supposedly there are it's the functionally exactly. It, like yeah, exactly. It's like it's hard to tell. If you dreamed it, it'd be hard to tell which one it was in your dream. Um and they would be like, Why was my grandma there? But there maybe there are the Greys. Maybe there are a variety of types of alien that visit Earth, and maybe one of them is the Greys. That's what the uh, literature suggests. Um the Greys are thought by many to not be aliens from outside of Earth, but to in fact be our future time-traveling selves, due to the way that they look more like babies than us, and we look more like babies than the previous version of humans did, they like are becoming neotenous. They have this huge head to hold their gigantic brains, but they don't need to communicate with yeah. the Yeah. In which case, if it is possible for time travel to ever exist, and this is, this is a key piece of time travel knowledge that you may not know, uh, listener, but you should hold on to it in case you're ever watching any kind of time travel movie or living in a possibly simulated or possibly real universe, which you may be doing right now. If time travel is going to be possible, and if it's invented in a, within your causal domain, within your light cone, like within your lifetime or like within the lifetimes of those who are influenced by you in some way, then you can cause your future self to come backward in time by expecting that to happen and planning on that or to send signals backward in time. And, and if you wish to profit from this retro causality, you can create a feedback loop in which <clears throat> you listen to signals that may be from your future self, and you create some sort of 
of uh, temporal lock with them so that you can tell what signals are from your future self and which aren't. Kind of like in an Inception when the dude spins the top to see if he's in a dream or not. You, you create a communication channel uh, and become temporally locked with your future self. Thus, when you take information from your future self that it sends back, then that will cause your future self to angle off a little bit in, in potential space. And then that will cause your future future self, your next future self that is angled a little more in that direction to communicate better with your previous self, which is now or like in a few seconds from now. And if you spin hard enough on this, you can enter your own universe, which is entirely created by your mind and your actions. And your, your universe can become my universe by way of my actions, you see? What we're trying to say is that if you enter our $15 ranked tier Patreon whatever, then you can come to our special, special seminar where we teach you how to speak to your future self <laughs> and your inner self. That's right, and your higher self. The way to speak to your higher self is to get higher and then mm-hmm. record your voice and then play it back to yourself later. Oh, the path of regret. <laughs> That's right. And... And for if you enter our $50 a month tier, I will give you my personal future self predictions of which stocks are going to go big this month. Um, I make no disclaimers to being a financial advisor, merely a hypothetical time traveler. Uh, If that, I mean, so just, yeah, actually, so check it out. That's obviously, like, in all ways that is bunk except its own internal logic, right? Like, Right, I can um, go back and become my own grandmother. I am going to fully expect myself to send a fucking spaceship to come get me tomorrow, right? Well, and when I maybe I was like a kid, I would try very, very hard to turn invisible, right? And like pick shit up with my mind and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. it didn't happen. And eventually I came to the conclusion that I cannot pick shit up with my mind without building a very large machine that has magnets attached to my brain stuff. Uh, so what you're saying is that you now but, uh, know how to pick shit up with your mind. <clears throat> the future... I would kick the shit out of me from the future. <laughs> no, me from the future would kick the shit out of me from the past. Uh, and uh, is not. And, me um, from the past has kicked the shit out of me in the present. The... Like, I'm currently worse off because of the way me in the past acted. Yeah, it's, it's entirely well, no, I mean, a one-sided If you claim to be in touch with your future so self, far. if you're like, I'm going to send me a spaceship tomorrow, <laughs> and then you go smoke a cigarette, then, like, no, you're not. Because you've just committed a, an, uh, a, a violent offense against your future self. And by like snapping a few weeks off the end of your life, and thus you don't have a good t- temporal lock. You got to create yeah, a temporal lock. Biocosmos, fucking, you got to create a temporal lock. What do you mean when you say temporal lock? You mean like well, I mean like smoking and do yoga. You create, you extend the likelihood of yourself living longer. And if 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 the time machine is invented like four days after you die, how depressing is that? You don't get to come back and talk to yourself. So. It's not depressing at all, and then well, I don't we'll get see. my ass kicked yeah. by future right. me. I mean, but <laughs> as far as the like the perspective of attempting to create a temporal lock, I'm talking about like a tidal lock. Like over time, the moon and the Earth will get farther away, right? And at some point, the gravity will like be become the the friction of the moon on the Earth's spin of the moon's gravity on the Earth's spin. It's not exactly friction, but the drag uh, will cause them to become tidally locked, right? Like Pluto and Charon. Mm-hmm. Eventually, yeah, they stop spinning and they just have the one right. face facing each other, and it's the face with the, it's the it's the it's the booty part of the pair, <laughs> the slight bulk. Yes, yeah. Right now, right now the moon is always yeah. it, the moon is tidally locked to us, but not us to it. And in the same way, the future your future self is already yeah. temporally locked to you, 
Um, but if you, because like mm -hmm. it's your the future self is always looking back at the current you. You can't change the fucking current you that you are for the future self to look back at right now. Um, but you can create a feedback loop by thinking of what your future self would like to have had done, and look and thus like pointing your current self toward the future self toward the location where you wish your, your future self to be. Not sure I'm doing this. Now we're all getting the all point mobile. is the power and it of don't positive matter that thinking. Much. The point is you, you gotta fucking there's there's a listen people get ready we're on that train to run. We're on a train. We are a train. And if you get ready, you know, I'm a train too. And then, you know, it'll either be Snowpiercer or it'll be fucking Soul Train. <laughs> and that's up to us. <laughs> I love it. Positive thinking. Hope. Change. Wholesomeness. Good shit. No, just fucking dancing left, man. You want a Soul Train, you need to make Soul Train. <laughs> you need to fight for Soul Train. Because if you don't, you know, if you fucking half-ass it, you can wind up with Snowpiercer. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's a great place to uh, drop you all off. Someday, yeah. Put it together and we'll get it all done. Someday when you hit it much lighter. Someday, yeah. We'll walk through the rays of a beautiful sun. Someday when the world is much brighter. Ooh, child, things are going to be easier. Be brighter